Welcome to Jerusalem Studio Podcast. Join us to discuss the latest updates from Israel and the region. Shalom and welcome to Jerusalem Studio. Turkish President Recep Tayyip Erdogan has apparently made a strategic decision to bury the hatchet and normalize Turkey's relations with Israel. For the last several months, there have been small and symbolic signs of Erdogan's willingness to chart a new course with the Bennett government after a dozen years of tension with the one-headed by Netanyahu. There were phone calls with senior Israeli officials. Erdogan praised Bennett's positive attitude and his foreign minister, Mevlut Shevushoglu, wished his Israeli counterpart, Yair Lapid, a speedy recovery from a light case of COVID-19. When and how will substance follow style? To analyze it, joining us all the way from Istanbul, Turkey, is former U.S. Ambassador Matthew Bryza, who is a senior fellow at the Atlantic Council. Thank you for joining us, sir. Thank you. Honored to be with you. Indeed, absolutely. Also joining us from central Israel is Dr. Chai Eitan Konya Rochak, who is a research fellow at the Jerusalem Institute for Strategy and Security, as well as the Moshe Dayan Center at Tel Aviv University. Thank you for joining us as well, sir. Thank you for having me. It's good to have you indeed. And with us here in the studio is our TV7 editor-at-large and host of Watchmen Talk, Powers in Play, and so much more, Mr. Amir Oren. Amir, give us a broader understanding on the latest state of play in Ankara-Jerusalem relations. So Erdogan um, uh, has uh, apparently already built a verbal bridge across the Mediterranean. And uh, what we are waiting to see is who is going to step on it. Is it going to be Israeli President Herzog? Um, He would be a natural candidate. He was the first one to exchange uh, pleasantries with Erdogan, is it going to be Foreign Minister Lapid? Not very likely, because he was uh, initially cool towards the uh, um, Turkish overture. And uh, we will have to see when uh, Prime Minister Bennett, uh, who is uh, really Erdogan's counterpart uh, right now, whether he can uh, meet with Erdogan and whether the Israeli cabinet will at uh, any time convene to decide what is Israel's not only Turkish policy, but East Mediterranean policy? Because obviously, um, for the last uh, 20 years, since relations with Turkey have cooled, Israel uh, has cultivated new friends. Uh, And there is a new reality energy-wise and uh, strategy-wise, and Israel has moved from the European command to the Central Command. It doesn't really need... Um, Turkish consent for uh, several of its uh, military activities. So we will have to see whether the um, uh, warming uh, of uh, atmosphere is uh, going to be followed by some concrete moves. Indeed. And I think it's also important to highlight the fact that uh, there's another factor in play. Azerbaijan uh, President Eliev has brought up uh, this matter of trying to seek rapprochement between uh, Turkey and Israel, uh, two of his closest allies, uh, of course, uh, in the region. And therefore, I'd like to uh, start by asking you, Ambassador Bryza, when uh, we're talking about Azerbaijan, a country that you were the ambassador of the United States to, um, it is a country that really sees the benefit 
of uh, seeing Turkey and Israel uh, reproach to one another. Do you really see this as a viable reality, however, with regard to recent years uh, being quite uh, stringent uh, uh, when we're talking about the political front, at least? Well, I, I certainly believe there's a sincere desire by President Aliyev to play that role of uh, brokering uh, rapprochement between Israel and Turkey. And that's absolutely rational from, from Azerbaijan's perspective for two reasons. One, uh, Israel uh, buys most of its oil from Azerbaijan through the Baku-Tbilisi-Jehan oil pipeline. So that's a pipeline that we know goes from the Caspian Sea and city of Baku to Tbilisi, Georgia, then into Turkey to the city of Jehan on the Caspian. So there's an underlying strategic economic tie binding uh, Azerbaijan to Turkey and Israel. But then, of course, there's the issue of the 44-day war uh, in well, between September and November of uh, 2020, when Azerbaijan's two most important partners by far were Turkey and Israel in terms of drone technology, both countries' drones, meaning both Turkey's and Israel's, uh, as well as Turkey's innovative tactics that allowed for really a breathtakingly quick and decisive offensive by, by the Azerbaijani forces to destroy advanced weapons that are Russian weaponry, basically, that were in Armenia's arsenal. So there's a reason for Azerbaijan to want to bring the countries together. Um, Turkey has gone through a big geopolitical shift since the end of the Trump administration and the Abraham Accords. Uh, Turkey saw the writing on the wall. It saw that there could be a big shift then away from Washington's uh, high pressure tactics on Iran, uh, but also new openings to Saudi Arabia and Egypt. Uh, uh, and, and why not Israel, I think, was the view in Turkey. And finally, I think Turkey wants to de-isolate itself in the Eastern Mediterranean on energy issues. So from the Azerbaijan side and the Turkey side, there is a sincere desire to move forward. The question is, as, as we were just hearing, you know, what, does, what, what is the situation in Israel? How realistic are Israeli coalition politics uh, to want to embrace that opening? And I, I defer to my Israeli uh, colleagues on this panel who know infinitely more than I about that. Indeed, Dr. Konyan Orochak, your take? Well, uh, I also agree with um, uh, Mr. Breiza that uh, Azerbaijan can act uh, as, an, uh, as a mediator between Israel and Turkey. Uh, when we are looking at the map in Caucasia, we do see that uh, Azerbaijan can be considered as a good partner of the state of Israel, not only in terms of energy, but also uh, when we are looking at Azerbaijan's location. Uh, we see that uh, it's crucial for the state of Israel because of its proximity to uh, Iran. And uh, and when we are looking at uh, the uh, Armenian-Israeli relations, we do see that Armenia is pretty much uh, in the hands of uh, Russia and Iran. It's very much dependent to, do, to these two states. Uh, that's why uh, it's, it makes, this fact makes Azerbaijan uh, Israel's natural ally. And uh, when uh, we are seeing uh, this uh, equation, uh, I believe that I, I also believe that the Israeli government also sees this opportunity. Uh, from the beginning, uh, Israel sees uh, Turkey as an important strategic asset. And uh, of course, we would like to normalize our relations with Turkey. But now we have uh, a new equation, a new fact on the ground, which is called the Abraham Accords in the Middle East. Uh, Israel is not the same isolated country anymore. And uh, besides Azerbaijan, we also have new friends uh, in the neighborhood. Uh, these are, uh, of course, United Arab Emirates, uh, Bahrain, 
Morocco and of course uh, everything could be possible thanks to the silent approval of the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. So given this fact on the ground, Israel's hands now are stronger vis-a-vis Turkey and uh, unlike the past, the decision makers in Jerusalem are not running to the uh, arms of the uh, arms of the Turkish decision makers whenever they wanted. Uh, so now, uh, in the current circumstances, Israel is interested in a genuine normalization with Turkey, which basically uh, pushes Turkey to take uh, very uh, significant decisions. And from my perspective, the first and the foremost uh, is that Turkey should uh, basically uh, keep itself distant from the Hamas terrorist organization. This is a, a this, in this regard, Israel cannot uh, make any concessions uh, on that matter. And I believe, uh, I believe uh, Azerbaijan uh, will be uh, an important uh, actor in order to uh, persuade uh, the Turkish decision makers to uh, to see the broader picture. Uh, this will be also a win-win situation uh, for the Turks and Azeris. Uh, I believe that it will contribute to uh, both countries' reputation uh, in the United States uh, when we are uh, considering uh, the Israel lobby's strength uh, to Washington, D.C. Indeed. Mr. Oren, I'd, I'd like to quote a former Israeli prime minister uh, and defense minister, if you will, and IDF chief of general staff, Mr. Amir, uh, uh, Barak, excuse me, who said one thing about Israel being a villa in the jungle. And the second thing, it's better to be uh, wise than right. Where does Israel stand in this situation? Because uh, obviously when we're talking about being right or wanting a genuine relationship uh, where the feelings are are still hurt, but we, we want the other side to make that special overture of asking for forgiveness. Uh, is this now uh, a place in which uh, the, the Middle East, which is uh, tumultuous as it is with the Islamic Republic being cited correctly uh, as a uh, destabilizing factor, not only for Israel and not only for Israeli interests in the region, but also those of Turkey, which also regards uh, Tehran and the Islamic Republic in particular as uh, quite a challenge. Is this a time to uh, be picky about how we play geopolitics in this region? The uh, founding fathers of Israel uh, had uh, some fond and some not so fond memories of the Ottoman uh, legacy. Um, and of course, uh, Ben-Gurion and Sharet and Ben-Zvi and others uh, went to uh, Istanbul to study. And um, Ben-Gurion actually hoped to become a member of parliament and the minister representing the Jewish community. Um, and even later, they considered uh, Turkey uh, a regional power and admired uh, Ataturk. Now, this is uh, uh, long gone. And um, uh, after the Israeli uh, uh, independence, Israel's main strategic interest with Turkey was as a pincer movement against Syria. Syria uh, being a a common uh, enemy and a common uh, neighbor. Now, um, right now, the interests are are different. And um, while Israel uh, would like to have uh, cordial relations uh, with Turkey, uh, it is true 
as Chayetan uh, um, said, that Hamas is the wild card. And this is because uh, if there is a flare-up in Gaza, it is not so certain that uh, Turkey can uh, just look aside. Um, it is beholden ideologically to the uh, Muslim Brotherhood uh, in Egypt, of which uh, Hamas is an offshoot. And the uh, deterioration in Turkish-Israeli relations really started in late uh, 2008 and early 2009 after Operation Cast Lead in, uh, in Gaza and uh, the Gladstone uh, uh, report. So uh, if there is a period of lull in the uh, Israeli-Hamas relations, fine. If Israel uh, invests in the welfare of uh, the population in Gaza, even better. But if there is uh, another periodic clash between Israel and Hamas, what we talked about uh, up to now may be spoiled uh, again. Indeed. Dr. Breiser? Hamas is important for the ruling AKP, the political party here in Turkey. And when I was, you know, I had the honor to oversee U.S.-Turkey relations during my last four years in Washington at the State Department. And that was a, a sore point in, in U.S.-Turkey relations as well. And no matter how much we argue that Hamas is a terrorist organization and that hosting meetings uh, in Turkey of the Hamas leadership, whether it's the, the militant arm or militarized arm or not, is a huge problem uh, for U.S.-Turkey relations. But it didn't matter. And so, you know, there, there are, I think from Turkey's perspective, uh, the government and certainly the president um, is looking for uh, more of a transactional relationship at this point with Israel. Um, all of those problems of, of being a, a supporter of or partner of uh, Hamas and a supporter of the Muslim Brotherhood, those run deep. Those run deeply. Uh, uh, now, you know, I, w I wouldn't say that the, this Turkish government is as Islamist in its objectives as earlier. I think this government has evolved and its leaders have evolved over the course of the past 20 years and become much more pragmatic and much more concerned about power. Uh, raw power hanging onto it and and more traditional foreign policy uh, with, you know, good relations with Turkic peoples in Central Asia and the Caucasus, replacing the neo-Ottomanism that we were hearing about at the beginning of this government's uh, rule, especially when Ahmed Tavutolu was the foreign minister and then prime minister. Uh, nonetheless, uh, so Turkey is looking for more of a transactional relationship. So I think Erdogan is thinking, even after the, the Mavi Marmara incident in 2010, in June of 2010, uh, when there was a raid, as we all know, on the Turkish uh, ship, the Mavi Marmara, that was trying to break the uh, or break into Gaza, basically. Uh, even after that, Turkish-Israeli trade blossomed and increased twofold, even threefold. So I think Erdogan is thinking, let's get back on track with economic relations. Um, I think he believes that the most logical export route for gas from Leviathan is Turkey, because Turkey has the largest natural gas market in this region, meaning not just you know the Middle East, but Southeast Europe. Um, Turkey is a connecting point to, to Greece and the EU with pipelines already. Uh, and, and the most economically feasible and profitable way to export that Leviathan gas would be would be to and through Turkey, notwithstanding a pipeline to Egypt and liquefying that gas to put it on tankers to send around the world. Um, whereas what what Israel seems to care more about is more uh, strategic and more fundamental, which is Turkey giving up this this uh, 
cozy relationship with Islamists, whether it be Hamas in particular uh, or the Muslim Brotherhood. Indeed. Dr. Kornian Alochak, do, do you see also, let's take uh, one individual's uh, of the, the list of individuals that Turkey is hosting, uh, the founder of the Izaldin al-Kassam Brigades, which uh, is the military arm of uh, the Islamist Hamas organization in Gaza. Uh, he is currently residing in Turkey. Uh, if Turkey were, for instance, to take that specific individual and transfer him to Qatar, uh, also a country that uh, has very close relations with Hamas, and also uh, at the behest of Israel, uh, so to speak, even though not having direct relations with Israel, is assisting uh, the Palestinian enclave uh, for humanitarian reasons and is doing so in a verifiable manner to ensure that it's not falling into the wrong hands. Do you see that uh, specific move of such an individual uh, as a sign, so to speak, of goodwill from the Turkish side that may then uh, create a certain effect from Israeli perspectives to then approach and, and uh, uh, make those same overtures from Jerusalem in the direction of Ankara? Well, uh, it could be understood, it could be perceived as a good sign. Uh, last December, uh, Israeli Foreign Minister Yair Lapid made a very important uh, statement after the uh, Israel Defense Forces operation in the West Bank where 50 uh, Palestinian Hamas terrorists were detained. He said that uh, these 50 uh, terrorists were uh, taken their orders from uh, Hamas's uh, Istanbul cell. And uh, he also mentioned that in order to normalize the relations with Turkey, uh, Turkey should get rid of Hamas immediately. So from my perspective, um, I really don't think that only one person or two persons should be uh, sacked out of from the, from the country, but the entire uh, cell should be dismantled. And uh, besides that, uh, when we are looking at the bigger picture, uh, um, Ambassador Breiza already mentioned regarding the uh, energy uh, energy dimension. Uh, recently, the United States made made a very important um, statement that uh, they are not going to support the Middle East pipeline, the East Med uh, pipeline uh, anymore. And as a result, uh, I think, uh, as they really like to say in Turkey, uh, the timing is very meaningful. Uh, this is a Turkish expression, zamanlama manidar uh, in Turkish, uh, that they are using it very frequently. I believe that the current uh, normalization approach, I mean, rapprochement, uh, that was conducted from Erdogan's side to our President Herzog, uh, should not be seen as a coincidence. Uh, on, on contrary, uh, the, uh, the Turkish administration seeks to uh, basically uh, dismantled the, the Israeli, Greek and Cypriot alliance uh, in the Eastern Mediterranean. And they are trying to uh, portray the Turkish option uh, as a replacement for the East Med. Uh, I totally agree with Ambassador Breiza that uh, the Turkish option is much more uh, cheaper, feasible, and they already have the necessary infrastructures in the central Anatolia. Uh, called uh, the 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 TANAP uh, pipeline. I understand and I totally see that it's something very logical and more logical than the EastMed. But the problem here is the mutual trust between the two states. 
And uh, I believe uh, we cannot build such a mutual trust in the presence of the Hamas cell uh, within the borders of Turkey. So if we would like to proceed uh, to do something concrete, which will be profitable, uh, which will uh, trigger prosperity for the whole uh, Mediterranean, for the whole Eastern Mediterranean region. So first of all, we should um, we should achieve uh, mutual trust. And um, I also would like to underline here another issue. Uh, as we already witnessed that we could not achieve the East Med pipeline without Turkey. And I believe we will not be achieve uh, such a pipeline without Greece and Cyprus. Uh, I think also the Turkish administration uh, should internalize that. Uh, such a regional pipeline should embrace and should be inclusive for all uh, the actors of the region. And uh, besides uh, the I guess the, uh, the, the decision makers should solely concentrate on the profit uh, margin of this whole venture. And uh, in my opinion, uh, the, uh, the sovereignty issue, which is basically constituting the, the heart of the matter, maybe uh, should be set aside and um, uh, with the pragmatism of the decision makers, we can proceed. But uh, frankly, I cannot see that a, a fragile normalization uh, with Turkey. Uh, Israel should not basically sacrifice Greece and Cyprus for the sake of such a fragile normalization. We cannot afford that. Indeed. However, the question uh, then should be arise, uh, does the one come at the expense of the other? Uh, when we heard specifically President Recep Tayyip Erdogan last week speak about uh, the, the uh, potential invitation of, uh, or the invitation of uh, the Israeli President uh, Yitzhak Herzog, uh, whose brother happens to be also the Israeli ambassador to the United States, he also spoke about a win-win formula that should be taken into account. Uh, he did raise, indeed, the uh, the pipeline for the Leviathan uh, offshore uh, natural gas uh, uh, reservoir, and uh, that is, uh, of course, a factor that uh, has been already brought up back uh, uh, in 2012 or uh, around that uh, time period uh, in a different construct. But uh, could this also be an approach of the Nord Stream 1, Nord Stream 2 kind of uh, uh, situation where the Energy Ministry, together with the National Security Council here in Jerusalem, uh, probably already deliberating the pros and cons of being able to utilize two pipelines for uh, uh, the, the capacity of understanding how to deal with leverage in such a situation? Yes, but, and the but is uh, what uh, was raised here. Energy security means that uh, even under tense conditions, <coughs> the other country is not uh, going to change the uh, conditions of uh, operation, that uh, it is left for the uh, corporations, for, for the market uh, to do it. Uh, the American, uh, of course, uh, objection to Nord Stream and um, part of the tension with Germany over it is that nobody uh, in Washington wants to give Russia a hand on the valve um, because um, in peacetime there is no problem. But if you can uh, stop the uh, flow of uh, energy, then uh, it's another matter. Now, um, Israel and Turkey do have one thing in common. Both of these countries... Just one. 
just one. Both of these countries hold occupied territories. Turkey in Cyprus and Israel in the West Bank, which other countries do not recognize. Now, it doesn't make them natural allies, but they understand the complexities. And um, uh, in 1994, the Israeli Air Force started deploying to Turkey in order to train in uh, unfamiliar terrain and over long ranges. Uh, It stopped uh, under Erdogan and uh, the uh, Israeli Air Force is not uh, going uh, back there. But on the intelligence uh, front, there is uh, cooperation, for instance, against the uh, PKK uh, terrorists. So um, there are grounds uh, for optimism, um, but we will have to see concrete projects before we can uh, bless the um, renewed relationship. Indeed. Not to forget, of course, uh, the East Med Forum has always left its door open to uh, potential neighbors within but, but certain you know, circumstances. It, Israel is very powerful, but it is beyond its powers to mend the relations between Greece and Turkey. This has been going on for quite some time, and uh, it is not for Israel to try and do it. Indeed. Well, we only have a little bit over a minute and a half left, and I'd like to ask you, Ambassador Bryza, about uh, the the Turkey-Israel rapprochement. Is the United States, as it's been also in the past under the Obama administration, the factor that would ultimately bring about the rapprochement between the two countries? Uh, Not yet. Right now, the the Turkish brand, the Turkish government's brand, and and even President Erdogan's personal brand is toxic in Washington. Um, He, President Erdogan, is often lumped into the same category as Vladimir Putin or Xi Jinping or Viktor Orban as an authoritarian leader who's rolling back democratic transformation uh, and is pursuing unorthodox economic policies. Um, So that's a situation that Erdogan wants to uh, extract himself from. And things are getting better in U.S.-Turkey relations or Turkey-U.S. relations. Uh, But still, the conventional wisdom in Washington, and I think in the Democratic Party's uh, political circles, is that uh, Turkey is still, it's not clear how reliable Turkey is as an ally. There's a perception, Mm -hmm. or I would say a misperception, that Turkey uh, is somehow closer to Russia than to NATO, when in fact, Turkey is the only NATO member state that has confronted fought and killed Russian troops on the battlefield, both in northwest Syria and Idlib uh, and in Libya uh, during the course of the last year and a half. So uh, Washington is not going to be the driver of that process of rapprochement between Israel and Turkey yet, but it may. It may Mm -hmm. if relations continue to evolve between Turkey and Israel on their own. Well, this is all the time that we have for today, unfortunately, and and this is a topic that we'll have to revisit in the near future. But I'd like to thank Ambassador Breiza and uh, Dr. Konya Rochak, as well as Mr. Amir Oren. And I'd like to thank our viewers as well, and we will see you next time. Thank you for joining us in another Jerusalem Studio podcast. For more content on Israel and its region, we invite you to visit our website at tv7israelnews.com and follow us on social media.